Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Episode 103 of Blue Jays Nation Radio, Uremchuk and Coombsy with you, doing it a little bit different. We're not waiting till the next day or anything like that. In fact, the game is still going on and we're doing this podcast. Yeah, we thought it would be an interesting thing to do. Just come in, ride the momentum of the Jays having what felt like their first big inning in a month as they piled on six runs against the Baltimore Orioles to put themselves up 6-1. They are currently up 6-1. David Phelps is pitching right now with two outs in the ninth inning. And we are feeling good. We are feeling good. That's why we decided to start early. We're like, okay, there's no way the Jays blow a 6-1 ninth inning lead to the Baltimore Orioles. Knock and, on wood. Uh, David Phelps has two strikes and one out. Not that we're legally allowed to give you any sort of play-by-play. Don't come at us, Sportsnet. We do not have express written consent of Blue Jays baseball to do that. Yeah, it's not actually <laughs> happening. We're just making it up. Um, we're not even watching the game. I don't even know what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, all right. As always, the podcast is brought to you by both our friends at DoorDash. BGN Pod DD gets first-time users of the app. 25% off and no delivery fees. And our friends at Montana's All You Can Eat Rib Fest on until September 12th, where you can go get hashtag Montana's Messy. Find out more by plugging that hashtag into your Twitter feed, seeing what comes up. Might even see some content from the two of us. Yeah, speaking of uh, things getting messy, the wild card race right now is really messy. It's Montana's messy. It's chaotic. Yeah. And thankfully, the Blue Jays have just won the game. Uh, <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> they, 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 they apparently won the game. And I'm gonna, I, don't, I don't know. But the wild card uh, race was getting super yes. intense. But the Blue Jays did avoid getting swept by the Orioles. And they are now a game and a half up on Baltimore again. I will say, if you had told me, and I and I hate I hate to be a downer here because we have momentum right now, but it has to be brought up that if you had told me back in like March, April that we'd be charged up avoiding a sweep oh in God. August against the Baltimore Orioles because they're right on our tails in the playoff race, I wouldn't have been happy. I wouldn't have believed you. I would have told you to fuck off. Yeah, I also wouldn't have been happy at all, um, but they are a game and a half up now. So before we get into three up, three down, let's talk about the inning that saved this game and saved the series and the season. Really? Let's be, well, let's be real. Here. Okay, yeah. So that's where I wanted to go with it, actually, was they score six runs in the seventh against Baltimore. George Springer comes through for them with his thousandth career hit that gets the rally going. Is this a season 
turning point or is this a small drop of happiness in a large bucket of urine? It's 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 impossible to say, but it was it was necessary. I do. <laughs> I really do believe that if they had gone and spoiled this Ross Stripling start here and they had lost the game and been swept by Baltimore at home and Baltimore jumped mm-hmm. them in the standings, the vibes going into New York. And I mean, the Yankees aren't playing particularly well right now, but the vibes going into that series would have been so negative. I'm not really sure the team would have been able to come back from that. Yeah. So maybe this doesn't launch a nuclear streak. Maybe it does. But at the very least, I, I, I would have felt I would have felt zero confidence going into New York had they not have come through and picked up a W here. Yeah, and I think that's really fair. Not that the New York Yankees have a ton of confidence in themselves either. Uh, they're going up against the Tampa Bay Rays later this evening. New York's two and eight in their last hand. They've dropped three in a row. They're otherwise in shambles. The Rays are starting to piece it together. Thanks in part to the fact they get to play the New York Yankees. They've won four in a row at least. But the Jays now half a game back of the Tampa Bay Rays. They're now going to be or temporarily, at least I should say. They're also temporarily just one game back of the Seattle Mariners who are in action right now. So you're right. Things are messy, um, but here's to hoping the Jays use today in a six run inning to hopefully kickstart their offense a little bit because that's we didn't end up doing a pod actually after the Cleveland series, but that was just miserable watching them get retired by Cleveland pitcher after Cleveland pitcher after Cleveland pitcher. Yeah, it was it was it was stunning. It's this is a team that when they get cold, they look so cold and there's there's. There's some kind of like self-fulfilling prophecy about it in that we we all kind of we criticize the lineup composition and that it's a lot of right handed guys yeah. who strike out a lot. They swing a lot. They have pretty similar approaches. And we've all kind of been saying for quite some time they need a contact bat, they need a lefty. So when they do get cold, they just look so bad. And you just see guys having non-competitive at bats and you're screaming that this team needs to add some different dimension to their lineup. But when they do get hot on the flip side of that, they look fantastic. And it looks, I don't know. I mean, you know, you're teeing off against Baltimore and they're having a good season, but this is still Baltimore, but you have to hope that this is like what gets it going because the the offense is capable of being good. It's not like this is a bad offense. Yeah. And, and I agree with you hundred percent. Like you always talk about, Oh, the need to add a lefty bat. Right. And primarily you would want a lefty bat to get you better results against right-handed pitching, right? You want that opposite sort of matchup. Um, the interesting thing about that for the Toronto blue Jays is that they actually on the year as a whole have hit remarkably well against right-handed pitching. If you just take the season as a lump sum, they are second in OPS against right-handed pitching on this <laughs> season, right? So it, like only the Dodgers are better than them at hitting right-handed pitching. And then if you go against lefties, that's actually for some weird reason where the Jays haven't been as good ranking 12th in major league baseball and OPS against left-handed pitching. So I, I've always found that like critique of their roster construction. Very interesting. We're going to get to three up three down, but I just think it was such like, like, uh, I don't know if monumental is the right word, but it was such a shit show. I see. And I just go to like the more unprofessional term, but on Twitter, like the fan base was, yeah. has, was, has, is melting down because this team is just otherwise falling apart. They couldn't do anything against Cleveland. The start against Baltimore is terrible. Usually when the fan base is melting down on Twitter, I'm the one who sits here and goes, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. It's early in the year or it's this or it's that. This is actually a moment where I sat there and was like, this is deserved. Like the, the panic is understandable at this point in the season. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really blame anybody for being super upset. The reality is, is the, the the Jays haven't come 
really anywhere close to matching their expectations this year. And there's a lot of kind of flaws with what's going on. Like, even if you kind of take away this win here and the momentum, there's a lot of uh, uncertainty about what happens next because, you know, Jose Barrios has been all over the grid this year. You say Kikuchi, who we'll touch on in a bit. can't put together a good start. Um, You know, somebody like Bo Bichette hasn't really gotten hot yet. It's, it's, it's difficult to say what to expect next. And I don't really blame anyone for being upset. Like, no. And, and the other thing too, is that this, this all ultimately comes after the team had a somewhat quiet trade deadline. Mm -hmm. I didn't hate their trade deadline. Personally, I thought the, the additions like kind of raising the floor is fine. I don't know if this was a year that necessarily warranted going all in because the team's been kind of eh, But I mean, I think that's kind of where it came from as people were hoping for a big 2015 team saving season saving edition, like a Tulo or a David Price. And it didn't happen. And that's where I think the negativity is kind of coming from. But quite honestly, like one good inning like we saw today against Baltimore and everyone's opinion is going to change. If the Jays roll in and win the first game in New York, we're going to be talking about how this team's going to the World Series. Like that's how quickly things change. And that 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 that's baseball. The only thing I heard and I actually went back and forth with someone on Twitter about this a little bit was I sent out a tweet last night after the loss and I said uh, the only thing keeping me sane is the dream that a September October heater is coming then I said it's not coming but let me dream and someone said the only thing keeping me going is that this might get everyone fired as in Shapiro and Atkins and I kind of was like who do you like Ross Atkins and if you want to lump Shapiro into this conversation as well Three straight off seasons, they've gotten a top free agent, Ryu, Springer, Gosman. Two straight seasons, Barrios in at the deadline last year. And then this year, before the season started, they went out and made major deals to get Barrios and Chapman. How were you mad at the GM and all of this? If they were sitting here right now and consistently blowing leads in like the seventh and eighth inning and losing games by one run because their bullpen sucked, I could get being like, Fireable offense for Ross Atkins. The bullpen was a glaring need. He didn't fix it. But I don't, this is a collection of incredibly talented baseball players. Ross Atkins put together, in my opinion, a very good team here, minus the bullpen to some extent. And they're just underperforming. They're a good team that's underperforming. I don't think, and I don't buy that the GM didn't put together the right group here. No, I mean, I also don't know why you'd want to see everyone get fired in this situation. It's not like, you know, I mean, if you think about looking at the Jays since 2015, when they came in, you had the 2016 season where they didn't resign David Price, but they bought, brought pretty much everybody back, went to the ALCS again. Then they did a half competitive season in 2017, yeah. another half competitive season in 18. And then it was one bottoming out year before the effort was put into being competitive. Yep. And the team's not perfect because, no team is perfect but I mean with the Blue Jays right now you have the core with talent and the willingness to bring in new guys like when when else in Blue Jays history really are I guess recent memory like I'm thinking like I started watching the team in the early 2000s when else are you signing guys in free agency like Kevin Gosman that never happened Never. I mean, what, what's the issue here? Like, I don't get it. I just, again, it's, it's people who love complaining for the sake of complaining. I also saw certain people who were very vocal about firing Charlie suddenly doing the whole, like, Hmm, maybe it wasn't the manager thing. And it's like, okay, well you were one of the 
people sitting there being like, fire him, fire him, fire him. And what now that they had a bad stretch under John Schneider, you're like, oh, Charlie it's wasn't just even lazy. It's just it, lazy. It's so lazy. The GM owners, whatever you want to do, Shapiro Atkins thing is so incredibly lazy. That's a great it's word just, for it. It's just because it started right off the hop. It's, you know, these new guys came in right when the team had made the playoffs and there was all this momentum and everybody was sad about AA leaving. And, yeah. you know, say what you want. I don't know. Maybe AA is a better executive than Shapiro or Atkins. I have no idea. But the reality is, is like, they're in a good spot right now. They add good guys. They do yeah. good things. Like I, you want them to fire Shapiro Atkins and start from scratch with somebody else. Really? You want to go through this all again? Makes no Why? sense. Makes no sense at all. Um, that was the rant I wanted to get off my chest. We can get into the three up, three down though, delivered by our friends at DoorDash ding dong. Uh, one guy who they went and picked up who has certainly outperformed expectations is Ross Stripling. Yeah. Uh, today's performance was what feels like in the moment, an all time gem from Stripling coming off the injured list and carrying a perfect game into the seventh inning. He ends up going seven and a third against the Baltimore or sorry, six and a third against the Baltimore Orioles only allows the one hit strikes out seven outside of that hit does not allow another base runner. Remarkable. Yeah, it was an absolute masterclass from Stripling. And I pointed this out on the Blue Jays Nation Twitter account that his season this year Reminds me a lot of Marco Estrada's season in 2015. Wow. So the Jays pull. went out and they acquired Marco Estrada ahead of the 2015 season in the, in the deal from Milwaukee. And they sent back Adam Lind. And it was kind of like, who, why this guy? Like, yeah. he's just like a mop up guy, like a number five starter, maybe allows a ton of dingers. And then he starts off as like the depth guy in the bullpen who's just mopping up innings, does a pretty good job. And then there's injuries to the starting rotation. They need a starter. They throw him in just like stripling. And then Estrada in 2015, as we all remember, was unbelievable. He was arguably their best starter until they got David Price. And even after that, like think about the playoffs, Estrada was probably their best starter in the playoffs. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing with Stripling here is it was like, oh, here's Ross Stripling, a, a decent depth arm who logs innings in the pen. And meanwhile, there was a desperate need for the Jays to have someone come out and log innings for them because Kikuchi can't pitch. Barrios hasn't been that good. It's just you know, they needed someone and Stripling's been that guy. And we're getting to the point now he's a free agent at the end of the season. And it's like, to me, it kind of seems like a no brainer to issue him a qualifying offer. They should be looking at re-signing him just like they did with Estrada. They didn't let Estrada walk. No, they didn't. He ended up pitching three seasons for the Jays. I remember that start and I just pulled up the numbers again to make sure I had it right. September 17th against Atlanta. He goes eight strong, three hits, no earned. Like going through his game logs that season, there's so many just great, great starts. August 9th against the Yankees, a pivotal moment for that 2015 Jays team. He goes six and a third, three hits, no earned. And I look at hopefully or hopefully I should say we're looking back at this start a month and a half from now from Ross Stripling and being like, yeah, that, that was a moment that really helped turn things around. He's got a 2.93 ERA now. Ross Stripling does. And this is, this is a guy who was going back and forth from the bullpen to the rotation at the start of the year. He wasn't necessarily fully stretched out to be starting and still went in the role and thrive. That's, that's damn impressive. Incredibly impressive. Uh, Ross Stripling gets our first up for this series against the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, there was some fear. You and I watched this game together for the most part that, oh, uh, they're going to blow this. They're going to lose one nothing and the <laughs> Stripling starts going to be all for nothing. That wasn't the case. Springer comes through. Big hit. Santiago Espinal comes through double to the fence Springer hustles home the emotion on his face when he does it like he was wildly fired up that was great Uh, but they really needed a big inning it feels like it's been a month since this team has had an inning like that yeah we've said this a million times in the podcast but the nice thing about having George Springer here 
is that he always seems to be the guy who comes up in big yeah. games. He, he, when the games mean more, when you're in situations like this, when you're in a race in September and we saw it last year too. And then mm-hmm. when you're in the playoffs, we've seen it with him with Houston. He's always the one that comes and plays better when the stakes are high. And that's why it's so important for the blue Jays to have George Springer healthy. When yeah. he was on the injured list, the team just had the life sucked out of them. And I mean, now I like, like he comes back and he's not, he doesn't light the team on fire in the first two games, but lo and behold, he's the one that comes through and kind of really sparks this rally. And it just goes to show how important his presence is on the team and how desperately the Jays need for him not to get injured again this season. Yeah. Keeping him healthy is going to be important. I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if how they handled them in this Baltimore series is every series for the rest of the regular season, play the first two, set the third. We need you. We'll bring you in, but you're, you're not playing a yeah. full series because no. the last thing you want is him to tweak something that puts him out another month. Like yeah. they need to be real careful. Springer. Yeah. We've said, we, we've talked about this many times and it's that the Jays need to keep their DH spot open. And it's for reasons like this. It's George Springer's in a spot right now where he can't necessarily be playing in the outfield every day because if he throws a ball in too hard, he might hurt himself and then he might not be able to swing. They need his bat. And you got Jackie Bradley Jr. or somebody else to play center field nicely defensively. Let's just use George Springer as the DH because we need his bat in the lineup so badly. Yeah, that's bang on. Uh, we had the return of Springer as our third up, but we kind of lumped that into the big inning. So I'll uh, I'll go ahead and give some love to Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who hit back to back dingers in uh, the or sorry, I should say dingers in back to back games in the first and second games of this series against Baltimore. Uh, he's he's had a really nice kind of stretch here. I, I know the last seven games maybe haven't been pretty, but over the last month, Vladdy's been one of the better hitters in the majors. Yeah, he had a huge hitting streak and it just kind of flew under the radar. I think that's kind of the unfortunate thing for Vladdy is he set the tempo last year with this season that we all kind of expect him just to have be his baseline. And even when he puts together a very good season like he's having right now, people are like, "Ah, I don't know if Vladdy's that good. And it's like, well, he is you. you, And and you kind of see it in a series like this with Baltimore is he's still like a phenomenal hitter. I mean, how long was his hitting streak? That was nearly like 20 games, wasn't it? Yeah, it was one of the longer ones going in the majors this season, actually. Um, But we we actually talked about that exact thing in one of our season previews where we were like, hey, Vladdy, like everyone needed to temper their expectations on Vladdy because even the best of the best don't go nuclear and historic every year, let alone going nuclear and historic in back-to-back seasons when they're 23 and 24 years old or whatever, right? Like everyone needed to crank down their expectations of Vladdy. And I feel like maybe the first half of the season, him starting as slow as he did, or there being some lulls in the first half of the season for Vladdy is probably a better way to put it. I feel like that maybe reset everyone's expectations on him. And I hope we can appreciate what he's bringing a little bit more because this still is not the Vladdy we saw last year for the whole year. But I think he's showing signs and glimpses of getting back to that point. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, we also have to consider, remember early on in the season, there was also the whole dead ball situation. So our perspective, our perception, I guess, of everyone (laughs) early in the season is somewhat warped. So I think we did have a bit of a, again, this is kind of the self-fulfilling prophecy. We had a bit of a, 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 like a a negative view of what was going Mm -hmm. on. I think Vladdy's kind of shattered that. His OPS is all the way up to 859. I don't think there's much concern here. Fair enough. Uh, so those are the three ups we have uh, right now in the moment. They won six one today. We're feeling good. They're going to New York. It's it's fine right now. Um, but 
five hours ago, it really wasn't fine. Uh, so let's get into the down of this thing and a big story that kind of broke, you could say today, uh, you say Kikuchi is not in the rotation anymore. Uh, it's going to be Mitch White getting his spot, which makes sense because he was great in that start against Cleveland. Stripling is great and you're not moving any of the big three. Kikuchi's the odd man out. Um, he certainly played himself into that spot. And after watching him in this series against the Baltimore Orioles, I am very happy to say that he is out of the rotation. That is this feels like a big moment on the pod. Yeah, <laughs> this is something we've been talking about for quite some time. Kikuchi winds up in his start going three and one third. He allows three earned runs, six runs all told. He walked three guys, struck out three guys. It was just an ugly start. And I think the yeah. unfortunate thing about that is, you know, you he goes down three nothing. The Mount Castle home run. The Jays rally back the following inning. They score two runs. Look like they could have scored some more runs, but the bats seem to really be they seem to be rolling. And then Kikuchi yeah. came out and it was just not throwing strikes. And I mean, there was a little bit of misfortune on his part in that Bo wasn't able to make a play at short. It wasn't an easy play, but whatever. And then he just goes and has a disastrous inning. It stretches on for like half an hour and the bats, you know, by then the momentum is all completely sucked out of the game and you just can't have that anymore. And that's what we've seen over and over and over again with Kikuchi. He pitches only goes two or three innings. Toronto's bullpen gets taxed. Like in this game, again, it's three and two thirds innings from Richards and Thornton, which are your mop up guys. And then since Kikuchi didn't go deep at all, you have to use Pop and Simber, which are two of your more leverage guys, which sucks. You don't, <laughs> that's really not ideal. So at this point, I have no idea what to expect from Kikuchi. Can he go into the bullpen and toss an inning or two at a time and try and figure it out? I have no idea if he's, you know, terrible as a reliever. Do you just stash him on the injured list? September's right around the corner. So rosters are going to expand. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you just let him pitch only in non-leverage spots. I think there's probably some value in still doing that. Like, for example, today, if this game, a 6-1 score is a week from now when he's back and rested a little, you you could say, um, then I think you probably do look at, okay, let's bring him out. We're up 6-1. Would six you have one. been comfortable putting him out in the David Phelps inning today? Oh, no, God. 6-1. Would you? E well, okay, well, the fact I'm hesitating probably right? gives you your answer. Um, like, how big does the lead have to be for you to be like, okay, I can toss you, say, Kikuchi into the game and it's fine? Or is he only coming in when they're down by, like, six? Yeah, or you do that. I mean, I would also argue that when they're down by six, that's important because this offense could be good enough to pop home six in an inning at any given moment. Um, although they haven't shown that a lot lately um, other than today. Yeah. I, I think you got to be up by more than six and then you go, okay, we'll bring him in. We'll give him two innings here. And you just have to have a short leash on him, Right. And it's insane that this is what we're talking about for a starter that's on the books for two more years at 12 million per. Yikes. Anyways, uh, Kikuchi. Yeah. wasn't great. Um, the offense and this dates back to the Cleveland series as well. They're just, it just fell off a cliff and we've talked throughout the season at different points of this being a very feast or famine team. But the fact that they scored four runs against the Cleveland guardians and then followed it up with only five in the first two games against the Orioles. Even I think you could lump today into that conversation where six runs in one inning but heading into the seventh inning, they had what one hit like their offense yeah. has just 
fallen off a cliff over the last I'm counting today in a way and saying six games. Yeah, it is. It is kind of funny because today we're, you know, one of the ups is that huge inning, but it really only was one inning. And I mean, the guy starting for Baltimore today, you kind of look and it was like, well, this is a guy they should, you know, tee off on. It was the same thing in the second game with Dean Kramer. It was not a it's not like a big name that you should be getting mowed down by. And that's kind of been the theme for the Jays for a lot of this season. And and it's and it's been a theme for a while too. And it's 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 a weird thing to see that another team will roll in with kind of a really random arm. Maybe somebody who has decent numbers in AAA that's come up and had a bad time here. But it seems that the Jays offensively, and it's 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 confounding, but it seems the Jays offensively are like a slump buster for opposing mediocre pitchers. Just pitchers that toss a little bit of junk and they have a great start against the Jays. And that doesn't make any sense. But again, as we said, let's hope this is the start of a them turning it around offensively because it did look like it. They had a they had a better approach in this game. It seemed like there was a lot more urgency. They were taking more pitches. It was it was it was just a smarter approach, it seemed. Yeah. Um, Austin Voth with the Nationals this season had a 10.13 ERA in parts of the last five years. This from Mike Petrillo, he had a 5.7 ERA over the parts of five seasons so far with the Orioles, 48 innings, 2.81 ERA. Okay. Everything works for the Orioles right now. That, that doesn't make sense. Like no, the fact that you said that sentence out loud is absolutely whack to me because it's this, the Orioles were so bad for that, like handful of years. And it's like, Oh great. Like the last thing we need in the fucking American league is where you already have like the free spending Yankees and Red Sox. And then like the, fucking pesky rays who can always just find guys to be good. The last thing we need is for the Baltimore Orioles to become like this pitching factory where they're finding guys on waivers and turning them into like ace arms. Yeah. That is the last thing we need. Uh, John Schneider, while we're recording this actually confirms Mitch White will start Saturday. Um, and you say Kikuchi is going to be pitching out of the bullpen going forward. So now we know that for sure. Cool. Um, yeah. The, the offense has fallen off. One guy who definitely deserves some of the, the blame for that is Bo Bichette batting a career low seventh in the order. Uh, they moved him up to sixth today and he 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 hit a double. Um, he ended up going two for four actually in this one too. Um, but they need, that's a guy who they they could use a Bo heater right about now, hey? Yeah, no, seriously. His OPS for the season is at 730 after today's game in which he went two for four. It's, it's really stunning. He hasn't really had a hot streak yet this year. We've all kind of been waiting for it. And I think it must've been what last week, two weeks ago, he had a huge game. We were like, here it is. Bo's going to get on fire. It was like, let's go. It was against Baltimore. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. It was against in the last series against Baltimore when the rain delay kind of zapped the momentum and it just, it hasn't happened. It seems he looks very frustrated. It looks like he's having a bad time. It looks like the struggles he's had this season have started to wear on him mentally. And it would just be nice to see him kind of go off, but there haven't really been all that many signs of that necessarily happening. Little bit of silver lining. He made a very sharp defensive play. Yes, he did. That was nice with the bare hand charging it in. And I mean, that in a way could have saved him a run. He's been far from bad. Let's, you know, know, I've I've seen a lot of people online be kind of like, oh, like this guy's a bum. He's someone they should move on from in the off season. Well, that's insane. He's a, he's a year removed from being one of the best shortstops in major league baseball. And he's having a down season. Again, this is the same conversation we had 10 minutes ago about Vladdy. It's Bo had a great season in 2021. That doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be the exact season he has every single year. You know, 
yeah, like players have up and down seasons that happens, especially in a sport like baseball. Like, I don't know. People love freaking out about this stuff and doing the whole like, oh, he's a bust. You can never win with Bo Bichette as your shortstop. And it's like, what are what are we even doing? here? I saw, I saw someone mockingly say they're like, well, it's a good thing they wouldn't trade Bo for Juan Soto. And it's like, well, how do you know that Washington wanted Bo in return for Juan Soto? Yeah. Well, yeah, that too. Right. Like there's a, like if you as a Jays fan think Juan Soto is so junk, why do you then think the nationals would want him for Juan Soto? Like, come on. Yeah. No, what you meant is that Bo is so junk. Why would they? Not yeah. Juan Soto is so junk. Yeah. Okay. I got it. I think we're confused. Yeah. We're always confused. That happens. We're Montana's us, messy right now. I will say since we've gotten back into like an in-studio situation together, I feel like our rapport's improved. You think so? I think so. It's nice to be able to look at you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's uh, get to it. Not a good series against Baltimore, but at least we come away from it with a decent taste in our good mouth, vibes, right? Like there's good vibes today and you're not heading into to Yankee Stadium with doom and gloom hanging over you. Like now there is a chance for them against a Yankees team that's looking terrible right now. There is a chance for the Toronto Blue Jays to start building up some positive momentum. That is very, very good. Yeah, the Yankees have kind of much the same as the Jays have just largely fallen off a cliff offensively. I'm going back and I'm looking in this Tampa series and the first game they get shut out. The second game, they only allow one run and these losses to Boston, only two runs. They get shut out by the Red Sox as well. Three runs against Seattle, a shutout against Seattle like. This is an offense that is nowhere near rolling in all cylinders. And it seems like all the Yankees really have going for them right now is Aaron Judge. Giancarlo Stanton's out of the lineup with an injury, and they just look so much less scary when he's not there. Hear me out. They should have never let go of Joey Gallo. No, 100%. You should go and see what Joey Gallo is doing now. I saw since the deal, it was like the Yankees lost five straight at one point and the Dodgers won six in a row, like from the moment he joined the Dodgers after leaving the Yankees. With with the Dodgers, Joey Gallo has gone six for 23 with three home runs and (laughs) and his OPS is 1.042. So three dingers already this season with uh, with the Dodgers after hitting 12 on the year as a whole with the Yankees. That's how the Jays really should have been all over that. I don't know if the Yankees would have let him go into the American League East. They probably wouldn't have. But geez, Joey Gallo would have been a nice addition for the Jays, I think. Yeah, that would have been great instead of like the Jackie Bradley Jr. ad to just go bring in Joey Gallo instead. That would have been awesome. Uh, All right. Well, we're talking a little bit about the Yankees here. So let's get set for this thing with uh, our Points Bet Canada look ahead. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information, 
information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right, it is four against the New York Yankees coming up. Barrios versus Montez, Gosman versus Jameson Talion, Mitch White versus Garrett Cole. Alec Manoa versus Nestor Cortez. Uh, we talked about it. The Yankees are struggling. The Jays have their have. I mean, their rotation is what it is right now, but Gosman and Manoa are both going to make appearances in this series. That seems good. Manoa's coming off a start that ended poorly, but early on that looked like the Manoa we were hoping we would get for the whole season because for a bit, it looked like he was dipping Early on in that Baltimore start, it was like, shit, I saw our account was tweeting the big man. He's back. And then it ended not great. But uh, I don't know. I'm I, I'm probably just blinded by how jacked up I am that they won and finally covered a run line here. Speaking of points about Canada. But I don't know. I'm feeling OK here. Like, let's let's pound the Yankees. Let's go. Yeah, I think given the way the Yankees have been playing recently, their offense has completely fallen off a cliff. There's reason to be optimistic. The Jays can roll in and they can win this series. Take three of four. I mean, mm-hmm. it is a little bit worrying, I will say. And it, it feels kind of strange saying this. That Jose Barrios is the first one starting in this series. I Yeah, it's it's yeah. You just don't know what to expect from a Jose Barrios start. But hey, the Yankees haven't been hitting much recently. So maybe we'll get a really good Barrios masterclass as opposed to one of his other pumpkin starts. Who knows what to expect? But like you said, Gosman's going. Manoa's going. You always like to see that in a series. And Mitch White's been, I think, through two starts with the Jays, quite good. And he's an arm yep. that the Yankees aren't familiar with at all. So it's a good point. I yeah, I I think that's a fantastic point. The Yankees haven't seen him, unlike some of the other Jays arms. Um looking at the American League East standings, it is <laughs> like do you remember a couple of weeks ago when we were doing the whole like, ah, is the top of the AL East still attainable? Like, can they catch the Yankees and that sort of thing? If the Jays just wouldn't have shit the bed for the last two weeks, the Jays are before today coming into today. We'll do that. The Jays were two and eight in their last 10. So were the Yankees. Yeah. The Jays could have been seven and three in their last 10. We would have been sitting there talking about a team just five games back at the Yankees heading into a four gamer against them. It was right there. The Jays in a way controlled their ability to get back into this thing. It's it's maddening. To I, look remember, at the I remember standings. seeing people were people were, were talking about this back before the first Baltimore series in Baltimore. They're like, oh, it's, you know, Baltimore, Cleveland, Baltimore. There's 10 games here. If they go eight and two, which they should, then they're going to go into this four gamer with the Yanks and be like five games back. And <laughs> lo and behold, that didn't happen. But hey, so close. they can draw themselves in real tight to the Yankees if they have a yep. great series here. We saw it last year. Remember, they went to Yankee Stadium and they won all four. Yeah, they shrunk that lead. If the Yankees were to lose to Tampa and the Jays sweep them, they're five games back. <laughs> okay. Come on. Sure. Nah, probably not. 
Probably not. I'm I, I I still personally have my eyes set on the top wild card spot. Yeah, and, that's the big one. Yeah, and hosting, which is it's not going to be easy because Seattle's ripping. Seattle is hot. I, Tampa's you're hot. always worried about exactly the Tampa Bay Rays, and also again, just looking at the Jays' schedule. There's so many, not just big important series, but like long series against teams they're right up against. Like four against the Orioles, you get five against the Rays. That finish in September and the second half of September is going to be really intense here. It's going to be a lot of games against the American League. It's going to be so how they finish off. It's um, they're going to be. Yeah, it's almost exclusively AL East of the second half here. It's except for a oh, two gamer against the Phillies because yeah. it's from on September 12th. They start a five gamer against the Rays. That's going to suck. Yeah. And then it, at least it's at the Dome. Uh, three against the Orioles, a quick two against the Phillies, four more against the Rays, three against the Yankees. And then you go to, or you host Boston for three and then you end it with three at Camden yards in Baltimore. Like that, 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 wow. that final three wow. against Baltimore that we thought at the beginning of the season was going to be like, Oh, here's a nice, like fun way to end the year scoring a thousand runs against Baltimore. Like last season, I, I, I no longer feel that way about the Orioles. Yeah. Um, just quickly, because we have the monitor playing and we're watching Sportsnet right now in the studio, watching George Springer still get so fired up for those big moments. That makes me very happy. Yeah, that energy. I That's exactly that. what we want to see yep. right off the hop in New York is George Springer's leading off game one hits a dinger. That's what we want to say. Get 100%. the momentum going. And hopefully the Jays can keep it rolling for a four game series in the Bronx at Yankee Stadium against the New York Yankee, a New York Yankees team that is not hitting all too well right about now. Uh, Coomsey, this was fun. Shout out to our friends at DoorDash. Montana's hashtag get Montana's messy. All you can eat ribs on until September 12th when that five gamer against the race starts. And also shout out to Points Bet Canada. You enjoy the series. We'll talk on the weekend. Best wishes. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.